Hey, everybody. I am Stephanie Goss, and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. So this week on the podcast, Annie and I are tackling a mailbag question from an international listener, which just really, really excites me. Um, I love hearing from all of our listeners, but it was definitely a nerdy moment for me when we got our first international uh, mailbag question, which is so awesome. Thank you for writing in. And I'm excited to tackle this one because we had a practice owner reach out and say, hey, I am struggling with a veterinarian on my team. I don't feel like they're a cultural fit. And I probably need to let them go, but I'm really concerned about the rest of the team not seeing it coming. In fact, I think they're going to be kind of blindsided and I want to know how do I avoid that. So this one was super fun. Let's get into it, shall we? And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke and Stephanie Taken by surprise, Goss. <laughs> Is that a song? I don't know. Uh, I love it. How's it going, Andy? <laughs> and Stephanie, surprise, surprise, Goss. surprise. It's just that kind of day. Uh, how's yes. it going? Um, it is good. Good. Yeah, things are rolling along here. Uh, super busy. Wrapped up the school year. Getting kids out the door to their various camps, improv comedy camp for the kids coming up right around the corner. How fun! A half day of silliness. How fun! Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Good. Good. But how good, about good. you? Good. Good. We're getting ready to start summer, even though it's not summer here yet. Uh, <laughs> and we're getting ready to head out, and uh, the kids and I spend time with family over the summer. So I'm super excited about that. I'm excited because uh, I am doing uh, my very first unplugging, like officially. Ooh. I know. Um, I'm very excited. So Eric Garcia is a dear friend of both you and I's. And uh, he and I have been nerding about, out about this for quite some time. Um, how he, after he and I very first met, I sat in one of his lectures about unplugging. This was years ago. Um, and like my palms were literally like sweating not touching my phone the whole time that he was talking oh. and uh so we've talked about it since and i am definitely a workaholic and so this is going to be a challenge but um i'm really excited and he and i are actually gonna nerd out and do a podcast uh because tyler on our team is also doing some unplugged officially this summer uh and we're both doing a week and so we're gonna do a podcast i think all together me tyler and eric and talk about uh, the experience and about unplugging in general but i'm very nervous like anxiously excited uh, and the kids yeah. and I leave for that trip this uh, this weekend. So there's tons to get ready and get done it, before we head out. I'll be interested to see how it goes. Yes. I have friends who go and do meditation retreats. Uh -huh. Have you heard about these? Like people that are, and they're like, yeah, I go for 10 days yes. and I don't <laughs> speak for 10 days. And it's so calming and relaxing. And my first thought is like, wow and they're like yeah you have such clarity of thought and i'm like wow and then i look at my wife and i'm like i think i'm gonna go and sit for 10 days and not speak to anyone and she just looked at me until i realized how dumb that is and i'm like i can't make it i can't make it eight minutes without expressing myself to someone and i'm like oh so i have come as far as actually looking at the meditation retreat and uh -huh. i'm like maybe just seven days just seven and finally i'm like this is so dumb i should take i can't walk the dog a mile without calling someone 
and talking to them on my headphones. But I, it is true. If you know, if you know Andy, and and he is, uh, he is in your life. Like we, we, we get calls one of two ways. Andy's outside gardening, and he needs someone to talk to, or he's walking the dog, and he needs someone to talk to, or he's driving home from the clinic. I go to the bathroom in the clinic and text people memes like, like, oh, okay, people, people know when I've taken a bathroom break because they get a bunch of Instagram shares. And they're like, ah, oh, that's where Andy is. Oh gosh, it's so funny. Anyway, so yeah, so the craziness of summer is about to start. I, I'm excited. I've been, I've been stair stepping my way up to it over this last year, and I'm, uh, it's, it, it'll be interesting one way or the other. I have argued with Eric about this because uh, <laughs> Eric says so. Eric Garcia, who I love to pieces, Eric Garcia is like, yeah, you should unplug for a week, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. Eric. You should unplug for three to five hours every day. That's what, that's what I think. Sure. That's the Andy Rourke approach. I, I don't. I don't think either of you is wrong. I'm gonna. Uh, I, I think one of us is wrong, and it's Andy Garcia. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Everybody's got their own thing. Yeah. I think every everyone's got their own thing, and and it's not wrong. I will say I have therapy lined up for when I get back, so, yeah. <laughs> so I can work through my emotions about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm planning, but you know, it's I I'm ex- I'm excited, and we're gonna be off off the grid. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. I hundred I expect to get postcards from you, and the first <laughs> postcard will will come, and it will be a postcard because you're offline, and it will say, Andy, it's my first day, I'm pretty <laughs> nervous. This is hard, and then then the third day, it'll be like it's day three, and I'm feeling really great, and by day five, you'll be like, help me, God, <laughs> this is. Where is my, please mail me a cell phone at the vacation retreat where I am because I can't make it. Oh gosh. Anyways. That's what, uh, that's what I think. You're going to be sending emails by carrier pigeon. Like you're going to hundred percent tie little notes to bird legs and be like, take this baby. to Hydex and you'll send it away like that. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I am super excited about this episode for a variety of reasons. But the first is uh, this came through the mailbag from an international listener, which was really exciting to me. Um, It's funny because we get statistics on the podcast and we have seen that we have international listeners. But I honestly, every time... (laughs) Every time you and our sound editor, Dustin, shared it with me, I'm always like, there's something wrong with the internet. Like nobody, nobody in other countries could be listening to us. Like that's a bot. (laughs) It's a bot. Um, But this, this one came uh, to someone who is listening to us in France, which was really exciting. Um, And so uh, this is uh, from a practice owner and they are really uh, struggling with some stuff. So they um, have been in a partnership in practice and have recently acquired the practice in whole because they're um, part partner had to bow out kind of unexpectedly uh, and prematurely. And so the practice has gone through a lot of really rapid growth and um, organizational changes. And they have, uh, so they've lost a partner. Now they have a new practice manager, which they're they're managing everything. They're excited about the new practice manager coming on board. Um, but the practice owner is really struggling because while they have this new manager who's trying to get their feet under them and get to know the team, they have a doctor on the team that they are really struggling with. And so they said that this veterinarian is very skilled, but a very poor fit in their opinion. They... Um, there's some like 
gossiping and some pitting the techs and staff against other doctors mm-hmm. and against the practice owner and some things culturally that are just seem very negative and doesn't doesn't seem like they're they're very happy and they gave us some information uh and some background on this person um and i'm gonna be i'm gonna i'm gonna censor a lot of it only because I think that it yeah. a lot of what we're going to talk about today doesn't matter who the person is. And so um, I don't I don't necessarily want to include some of that. But what this owner is really struggling with is that they're cordial towards this person and they have a good working relationship. And so they're very worried that if they take this person that they feel like is a very poor fit for the team and they let them go and part ways, the team won't see it coming. And so they are very worried about what will happen if they let them go, will there be a lot of collateral damage? Will uh, will some of the team leave? Um, and they're worried because they have this new manager. Are they setting up them up for failure? They're not in the clinic. It's a it's a mixed animal practice, and so they've got some vets who are out with farm animals doing mixed animal and some who are in the small animal side. And so they're worried if they can't be in all places at all times, how do they manage this? Um, and is it the right thing to let a vet go who feels like a, a poor fit um, if the team doesn't doesn't know that it's going to happen and doesn't see it coming? Yeah. Oh, man. This is a really good one. I, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk about this. Yep. So, uh, so let's go ahead. So a, a lot of people have had questions like this. I've heard this question many times mm-hmm. in many different ways. Yes. And so let me just say at the beginning, I think a lot of times people underestimate how perceptive the team is. Yes. And they're like, they're going to be so surprised. <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know, maybe they will be. Uh, just because they haven't come to you and complained about this person recently doesn't mean that they don't recognize a lot of the negative things that are happening. And so it's it's hard for for people to work in a hospital with a negative person or someone who starts drama and not be aware that that person is negative or starts drama. Yes. They might not communicate that to you. They've also probably been pr- pretty smart and developed some co- coping strategies where they know how to treat this person so he or she doesn't blow up on them. Yes. But that doesn't mean they enjoy it, right? We all have figured out how to work with certain people but and, and maybe get along with them just fine but we 100% recognize who and what they are. And the other thing that I I agree with you 100%, and the thing that I would add to that is you may even have team members who participate with this person and engage Mm -hmm. in it. And you're like, oh, they're going to be so shocked because they, they, like they engage in the behavior with this veterinarian. In my own experience, that was very much the case. And they, when, when things shifted and there were some changes, I remember one of the people who was always like a part of the gossiping and the negativity and the complaining and moaning about everything came to me and was just like, oh yeah, they drove me crazy. Cause that was, it was always so negative. And I, if I didn't say something, then they made it worse. So I just said something back and like they a hundred, I think you're a hundred percent spot on with yeah. that. So there's, there's a lot of appeasement. There's yes. a lot of appeasement of, of, of yeah. those personality types where people go, yep. Well, just think about like a bully personality. It's, it's good to be the friend of, if you have to be with a bully, it's better to be their friend. Sure. You know, and so that doesn't mean you bully other people, of course, but there's a lot of people because I thought you guys were friends. Like, I just didn't want to deal with the being picked right. on all the time. Yep. So I made friends. Like, that's not, 
that's uh-huh. not endorsement of the behavior. It's just that's just me figuring out how to how to Survive. make it and how to be happy here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from a headspace perspective, um, there's just a couple of things for me. Most of my thoughts really come in and in, in the actual how to tackle it, because the email ended with like, if I if I decide to part ways, sure. how do I communicate this the best way to the team and and when? And so I have a lot of thoughts about that. But really, headspace for me um, it has to do with with the HR piece of this and leaning into this. Um, And so I'm glad that they're asking questions because a lot of the time, a lot of practice owners don't take the time to know what their responsibilities are when it comes Mm -hmm. to HR and and do things uh, sometimes with the best of intentions, but it's all wrong. Um, And so for me, Headspace has to start with when you're dealing with um, terminating someone it is not about who they are. It can't be about who they are. Right. It has to be about yep. what do they do. And yep. so a lot of, a lot of the, and I, and I hear it. And I, every time I have this conversation with somebody, they're like, but this, you know, this is, this is the person. And this is part of their personality it has nothing to do with who they are or who they, you know, what their personality is. It has to be about what are the behaviors that they're exhibiting. Um, and what are the things that you can tangibly and concretely point to and say this is unacceptable and why it's unacceptable? Yeah. So it has to be about what they're doing, not about who they are. Yeah, I love that. I think that's that's a, a really great way to look at this. It falls into my, uh, the big headspace for me is uh, the picking your poison, which we talk a lot about. And so, sure. you know, um, life is hard. It's always going to be hard. The greatest empowerment we have is choosing how we're going to struggle. Yes. And so to me, this is a math problem. At some point, it comes down to a math. If I've tried to coach and I've tried to give feedback and I've tried to get them to change behaviors and they have shown me who they are and what is possible and what is not possible, then at some point it's a math problem. And on one side, I have the pain and frustration and headaches of letting this person go and Mm -hmm. dealing with the fallout. Yep. And on the other side, I have the pain and headaches and frustration of not letting this person uh, go. And that's a headache. Yep. Which headache do I want to have? <laughs> and that, my friends, is management 101. Yes. Um, that, that is it. And when this person is looking, looking back and forth and saying, oh, I don't know if I should do this or not, it seems like they, they kind of know where they're going. But if they're going back and forth about what do I do, the first thing is to pick your poison is to say, what, how do you want to suffer? How do you want to struggle? Yeah. Uh, do you want to struggle with the fallout of letting this person go? Or do you want to struggle with the ongoing behaviors that you know what they are? Yep. That, so that, that's the big thing for me is pick your poison. The other thing is pick your time. And this is really big because this person has just taken over the practice because they have a new manager coming on. It seems like there's a lot of things in flux. And I can't advise here because every situation is different and you really have to read the read the landscape. Uh, you do not have to decide right now, I'm letting this person go or I'm keeping this person right. forever. Um, you can decide I'm going to deal with this person for three months while I get this new practice manager in and stabilized. Uh-huh. And the practice manager, I can generally keep them engaged. And, and you might say, but you know, they're so positive and they really want the positive culture. Most people, if you go to them and you look at them in the eyes and say, I'm on board with you and I see what you want and it's what I want. We need to stabilize this ship. Yep. And I want to take three months to put up with this while we get our bearings straight. Yep. And then we are going to uh, remove this person. But I feel like it's better for us to have our feet under us. 
Now, I'm not saying that's what we should do. In some cases, it's better to just do it all at once. Mm -hmm. Put the new person in, out with the old person, we're doing the change, just rip the Band-Aid off. Yep. And in other cases, you go, I feel like we've had as much instability as we can handle. Let's stabilize the ship. It's three months, maybe six months, um, just to get things back to where ev not everyone's panicking. And then we're going to reevaluate this and make this change. But you need to set a time. You can't just be like, oh, at some point in the future. Right. That, that means you just decided to go on. Um, it's scary sometimes how much you and I think alike. Uh, yeah. in, in my notes, I yeah, also yeah, had, I, I also had pick, pick your poison, and also another one of your favorites was was in there for me. So, but my pick your poison is a little bit different. So for yeah. for me, my pick your poison had to do with they're they're like, well, we we now are down a doctor because one of the partners has gone out, and now could we think about losing another doctor? And and we've got a new manager, and like there's a lot of anxiety there. And so that for me, you were just talking about the timing. And that for me was the pick your poison. Like, I think sometimes when yeah. we go through rapid growth, we think we have no other choice but to continue growing. And so that right. for me is the pick, pick my poison. As a business owner, it is fully in your control how you choose to suffer here. And so you can continue to let growth explode and let things get crazy and messy, or you could choose to lean back and maybe you limit your caseload. Maybe you limit your schedule. There's a lot of things that you could do intentionally to, to, um, try and temper things, even if it's just temporary. It does not have to be the end of the world. You you don't have to say we're going to stop seeing appointments on Saturday forever, but maybe you say we're going to you yeah. know stop seeing appointments on Saturday for the next six months, right? So this sure. that's very much is me for pick my poison, because if I can get that out of the way, then I have more bandwidth and capacity to deal with some of the other challenges. And so this owner sounded to me like someone who was overwhelmed by a lot of what is going on in their practice right now. And it is very easy to like just feel the panic when lots of things like that are happening. And and I very much am on board with you about your pick your poison. But also for me, it's also about the the growth. And that is that is um, something that I would think really thoroughly through and maybe involve your new practice manager and talk about it I agree. to what you were saying yeah. like how do we how do we get our feet under us what does that look like how do we make steps forward right and then let's come up with a plan together well context matters yeah and i really think that that's important and that's why well, that's why we spend time unpacking these things context matters sure and and when i say pick your poison what what pain do you want well that pain changes if you're talking about letting a doctor go when you're already down two doctors, right. that might be more pain than you can take. But sure. if you are not down two doctors, then that may be an easy choice. And and so, you know, um, things like, for example, let's say that we have a, a doctor who is having some medical uh, problems and they are in and out or they're sort of unreliable in their schedule and, and not, not to criticize mm -hmm. them in any mm -hmm. way, shape or form. Yeah. But while they're going through this, it may be too, quote unquote, painful for me to let another doctor go. Right. But when they are back and, and you know, and things have stabilized, I go, oh, well, that suddenly the pain of letting that doctor go is a lot less than it was when I was already down a doctor or I didn't have that stability. So those things can change just because you do the math and decide it's not worth the pain now. That math can all change if this person's behaviors change. If you're able to hire another doctor and then you go, oh, look, now 
now right. uh, it's not that much pain to lose this person. In right. fact, it may be beneficial. So all of that math can change. This is not a, a question now forever. The other thing that I will say, especially when coming in and, and you're feeling overwhelmed, and I have 100% been there and I know how this is, and you look and you say, this problem needs to get fixed and I'm going to fix it. Right. You don't have to fix it now. <laughs> Sometimes writing on the calendar in three months doctor evaluations lets you mentally take that weight off of your shoulders. Mm -hmm. You have made a decision and that decision is to evaluate in three months and see where you are and what you want to do. And now you can go on and start working on practice manager onboarding or the other things that you need to do. And you don't feel like there's this um, elephant in the room that's not being addressed. It is being addressed. It's on the calendar in three months. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so sometimes just that type of clarity can be really helpful. Yeah. And the, there, there's another piece that's kind of headspace, but more action oriented for me. So I save that till we get there. But the last thing for me really is has to do with just the reality of what HR is and being a business owner, which means that yeah. um, we we have to part of it, part of it and it is that we will always have to do things that suck. We will always yes. have to be the one to make the hard decisions. And, um, you know, the the weight of that is squarely on your shoulders as a business owner and as someone who is in charge of HR. And um, the other part of it that's hard is that you can't share a lot of information with your team and that the team, right. there will always be decisions that you have to make that the team will not understand and that you can't make them understand. And so right. from a headspace perspective, you have got to be able to wrap your brain around that and reconcile that. And this is where I'll be honest and vulnerable that a huge part of getting to the place where I felt comfortable with that as a as a leader, as manager, as a as a business owner was going to therapy and talking it out and really processing my own fears and concerns and worries about that piece of it because I'm a people pleaser and I want everybody to be happy and I want the team to stay and I don't want to lose anybody that I really care about. And the reality is at the end of the day, I can't control how they respond right. or what they do. I can only control um, my piece in the situation. And for me, that is, you know, approaching this from a very above board perspective. And I think this practice owner, the way that they, they are talking about it was very logical and above board and well thought out. And I think mm -hmm. that continuing to approach it that way is important. But the reality from a headspace perspective is that you have to be able to wrap your mind around the fact that you're not always going to make everybody happy. There are going to be things that you can't explain to the team and that they won't understand. And you right. have to figure out a way to let go of that and get that monkey off your back because if you don't, it will eat you alive. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think I think this is a great place for us to take a break. It's really good headspace. When we get back, let's talk about what are we going to communicate to the team and are we going to and what does the team need from us yeah. when we when we do these things? I love right, it. Let's take a break. Okay. Hey everybody, this is Stephanie and I'm going to jump in here for one quick second and make sure that you know about a few things that are coming up that I'm pretty sure you're not going to want to miss. But before I do that, I have to say thank you. Thanks to a generous gift from our friends at Banfield Pet Hospital, we are now able to provide transcripts for all of our podcast episodes and we have to just say thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Andy and I have wanted to make the podcast more accessible and when we were pondering the idea of how do we make transcripts a thing, our friends at Banfield stepped up in a big way and said, hey, we are striving to increase accessibility and inclusivity across the profession. This fits with that mission for us and we would love to sponsor it. So the 2022 podcast episodes are all now 
being transcribed and brought to you by our friends at Banfield Pet Hospital. To check out the transcript and find out more about what Banfield is doing to increase accessibility and inclusivity across the vet profession, head over to unchartedvet.com forward slash blog, and you can find each one of the podcast episodes and a link to find out more about equity, inclusion, and diversity at Banfield. And now there is something coming up that you're not going to want to miss. And unlike Andy, I'm not just saying that because I'm the one teaching this upcoming workshop. That's right. At the end of June, I am teaching a workshop for all of you. And I am super pumped about this. This is a workshop that I just had the chance to do with our Uncharted community at our April conference in person. And it is called Teamwork Mind Melds. We are going to be talking about setting expectations for team communication, but it goes beyond setting expectations for the team communication. Really, we're going to talk about exercises and things that we can do to intentionally get the team to know each other, get on the same page, because when we're all on the same page and we know each other, having accountability conversations is a lot easier to do. So if this sounds like something you would be interested in, head on over to the website at unchartedvet.com forward slash events, and you can sign up. It is June 29th, which is a Wednesday It's going to be at 8.30 Eastern, so 5.30 Pacific, and it is $99 for people who are not currently Uncharted members. And as always, it's free for our members. I really hope to see you there. And don't worry, we've got lots more coming later this summer. So make sure to save the events page and come on back regularly because we've got lots of good stuff coming at you. And now back to the podcast. All right. Well, let's talk some action steps. How do you want to break this down? I love it. Uh, that's a great question. So I, th- I think for me, um, it's a it's a little bit of a headspace, um, but also action, which is okay. when. So there are really two main things that we can evaluate our team on. Right? We can evaluate them on their skills, and we can also mm-hmm. evaluate them on their fit. And the fit part is really what a lot of people struggle with because it's nebulous and they don't know how to evaluate it. Um, yep. And I think it's funny because you, you and I have, have have taught some classes about how do we, how do we actually do that? But yes. uh, for me, the action is, look, if, if we, especially if we don't want to lose team members in collateral damage, my question is, are we are we actually clearly communicating to the team what we expect in terms of behavior, in terms of how they show up at work, how we treat yep. each other? Um, and this is where I see a lot of managers and leaders struggle because they have somebody that they feel like is a poor cultural fit, but they don't have anything to point to and say, this violates our rules or this violates our agreements. And so they struggle with how, well, how do I actually terminate them because they're they're a poor fit, right? And so that's why I say it's a little bit of a headspace thing because I, I think that you have to, this for me, you know, you and I talk about SAFE, the SAFE acronym a lot. And we talk about the F being the setup to fail. And this is where I have to ask myself, like, have I set myself and the team up for failure? And the answer should be yes, if I haven't really clearly communicated to them what I expect for them when they're at work in terms of behavior. And also, if I Mm -hmm. haven't communicated to them how I'm going to show up for them in return and what they can expect for me as a as a boss. And so I think for me, starting to solve this problem for our practice owner would be to look at what have you actually communicated to them? What are the expectations? What does your what does your handbook say? (laughs) You know, what what are your policies? Do you have a t- set of 
team agreements or code of conduct where it says that people are not going to um, gossip or are not going to, you know, engage in talking behind people's back or negative behavior, which were some of the examples that this practice owner gave us. Like this, this bed is criticizing the way that the practice is run, is getting the text to be pitted against the practice owner, stuff like that. Do you have policies in place that you could point to and say this behavior, it's not about the person, it's about what they're doing. This behavior is a violation of these policies. Yeah, I think I think expectations is 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 really important. So, I guess I guess big action steps for me should have started with the individual uh, consistent feedback on this is not acceptable and and this is acceptable. Yeah. Uh, I always you know I always feel like it's our job to let people know where they stand. Sure, and and they can do with that information what they will. But I, I I do feel like we should let the person know how they're doing. And it sounds like this, that's what happened here. It does yeah. sound like this person has been talked to a number of times. It's been very clear and direct. So the first yes. thing is let people know where they stand. The other thing is, uh, you know, there's a question here about like a, the, the team is going to be surprised or I'm, I'm worried about fallout. And a lot of times what happens when we actually have fallout, there's sort of two reasons. Number one is the person is popular with other people. And so we do get some fallout from that sometimes. I think that's pretty rare as you have someone who's causing problems worthy of them being let go and other people don't don't see that or don't or don't believe it. It it could happen. But um, but but there might be some people who are just they're they're friends with this person and they're going to go along and that may be unavoidable. The bigger reason that people really stress is we all want to feel safe and secure. We all want to feel like uh, our jobs are safe and secure. And the idea that someone might get let go and we don't understand why it happens, that can cause us some real tension and some anxiety because we go, what, who's next? Right. What if yep. I do? What yep. if I make this mistake? Could it be me? Yep. And so the way we get around that is also clear expectations along and along of letting people know what what is expected as far as performance. And and then it's performance evaluations and it's talking to people about how they're doing. And honestly, it's giving people, and I keep going back to this because I love it, it's positive reinforcement. Right. If, if people hear that they're doing a good job, if they know how they're being evaluated and, they're, and they know that you're uh, happy with their growth and their development and they see that they're doing things that are making a difference and are being held up, they're much more likely likely to shake off something of someone else being let go and go, well, you know, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback and I feel very secure here. Right. When they don't get that type of feedback, they can have a lot of uncertainty and that uncertainty can manifest as fear. And that's when we have a lot of people who go, oh my gosh, I can't believe this person was let go. And what they're really saying is, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that could happen to me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. And that get out of my head, man, because we're, we're on the we're on the same page today. And that definitely the last thing for me deals with okay when you make the decision to let this person go and you have to talk to the team about it, you know how do you how do you frame it right? Because that was one of the questions, which was if if I do terminate them, what is the best way to communicate the team and and when and how? So that that for me is is the last uh, piece. But I'm I'm right there with you. I think you need to figure out how to um, how to address that. But for for me, in terms of like, how do I tackle it with the veterinarian? I would there's there's two ways you can play this. You can say as, as well, if you were in, in a place where at will employment is a thing, 
there are two ways that you can tackle this, right? right? So assuming that you can just let someone go, you don't you don't have to have cause to terminate them. You can choose to let them go and just say, I've had enough and I'm moving on. And I, I yes, I've talked to them, but I, I don't really care about it. I'm just going to say it's time for us to part ways and we're going to move on. Or you can say, okay, I've got this new practice manager here. I want to talk to this person. I really, truly want the team, if they were ever to find out how I handled it, to feel like I gave it all of the chances. Mm -hmm. And a lot more of us fall into that camp of like wanting to feel like we've done all of the things. And so for me, I would say, if you're looking at it and you you don't feel solid or you're not sure, give give yourself a break and give yourself the chance. And so yes, maybe you've talked to them five times already and you've already talked about the behaviors, but this is where you give yourself the final opportunity to talk about it and document it. And so for me, it's about starting with the vet and starting very widely and openly and honest and, and just say to them, hey, the this and give them a concrete it has to be a concrete example but you know pick something that has happened recently that has been problem problems has been troublesome words are hard today has been troublesome for you (laughs) and and say to them this when this happened i i've really been struggling with this can you tell me can you tell me what you were thinking when you reacted this way because a lot of the a lot of the examples had to do with things that this person was doing or not doing after having interactions with them. And so yeah. I would just be honest with them and 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 hear what they have to say. And then the second part of that is then take the, take the advantage and set a plan in place and just say, we've talked about this a few times. I feel like I have asked you to change the behavior and I'm not seeing the change. I need us to move forward together with a plan for how we're going to fix this and then set a set a plan in place, right? And work through it with really frequent and documented communication. That yeah. That is the part that a lot of us, a lot of us get so worked up about writing someone up and we put all our anxiety on the, the, the process of telling them I'm writing you up and this is the plan that I'm giving you. For a lot of people, that's where it then stops and they walk yeah. away and it's like, you know, I've done mm-hmm. the hard thing. <laughs> yeah. But really... The hard thing is the follow up and the follow through and the documentation and the checking in and saying, hey, this was a great week to your to your point about positive reinforcement. Hey, this was a great week. I didn't we didn't have any issues this week. Thank you so much for really working on changing this behavior. I really appreciate it. Right. Or, hey, we just talked about this last week and we already had an incident this week. Like I I, we really need to see a change in the behavior and follow up and reinforce that this is what we talked about. This is what's going to happen. If nothing, doing it for yourself so that you can, because here's what's going to happen. Either this vet, if you lay a plan out and you talk to them and you follow all the steps and you jump through all the hoops, one of three things is going to happen. Either they're going to self-eject, which based on the information we have is the best case scenario in this yes. in this picture. The second option is that maybe the behavior actually gets better. And that may or may not be a good thing in this case, right? So sometimes we think, well, there are some redeeming qualities about this person and I really would like to keep them on the team if they get better. Um, I've certainly been in that position, but maybe, maybe it doesn't. And so maybe this is not a good thing if they get their act together. But they either self-eject, they get better, or you have the documentation that you need to show the lack of progress, which makes you be able to go to sleep at night and feel good saying, I've done all I can and now we're gonna part ways and we're gonna move on and I don't care 
you know, because I have done the things that I need to do to sleep well at night. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I completely agree. I, I think that's a great, I think that's a great way to, to, to get into the headspace. And so, yeah, you, you just march, through, as you said, march through the process of, of, of we have continued to add steps and, and this behavior is not changing. And, and now here we are. And then when you make the decision to do it, just do it. Yes. Just do it. Yes. Um, and, and yeah. I don't know about you, Stephanie. I'm not a legal expert on employment law in France, but uh, <laughs> me either. <laughs> but me either. So I, adhere adhere to local ordinances and yeah. employment law. Talk to your uh, employment but, attorney. <laughs> yeah, and, but just make the decision and just do it. And there's there's a, a bit I've brought it up a number of times in the past. Uh, there's a great scene in the movie Moneyball mm -hmm. with um, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Yeah, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill, where uh, Brad Pitt's coaching Jonah Hill on how to let someone go, how to send them down to the minors. Yeah. And if you've never seen that scene, you can, it's worth a Google just to watch it on YouTube. It's a great movie. But um, boy, it's, it's funny because it's so accurate on how we struggle with not wanting to hurt people's feelings or, you know, how we want them to perceive us as good people. And, and it just makes this point really well of just like, Hey, just do it. Yeah. Just tell them the news, be empathetic. Just don't beat around the bush. Just, just tell them what it is. And then, and then, and then be done with it. And that leaves us with the last thing of what exactly do we say yeah. to the staff? Because, you know, we can't, we can't just disappear someone and like don't, we don't talk we don't talk right. about them anymore you know they're like well, I mean, I haven't, I don't really there are companies where that is a thing and it is so oh, weird yeah. and so awkward to me <laughs> oh like, yeah i i can't i can't imagine that. and it might be more acceptable in a company of 500 people than right. it is in 15 right uh, but still <laughs> it's weird then there are again going back to the employment stuff there are very legal consequences about what we can say and what we can't say and and as the employer your hands are probably pretty tied about what you can say but you can at least give your staff the boilerplate language and and my thing would be always talk about this employee who will let go in a positive way yes and yeah. just say, hey, you know, we're really sorry to lose her, but she's going to be moving on. Um, it's, you know, so guys, uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to work hard to, and, and, and things are going to be okay. And we're going to, we're going to make some changes and, um, and shore up uh, some of the things we're doing in the exam room just to make things run smoothly now that we're going to be down one doctor. Yeah. And so I think this is where, for me, the action plan goes back to what you were talking about before, which is that um, people, A, your team is not dum-dums. <laughs> and yep. they and they will they will read between the, they will they're gonna know and and b they're worried about what is gonna potentially happen to them it's it's just human nature and mm -hmm. so always yes you are um, bound by confidentiality but you should always tell them here is the plan for the transition because that is yes. gonna give anxiety for a lot of people even if the plan is I don't. I don't know what the, I and I have been this manager to stand up in front of my team and say, I don't know what the plan is. I was not expecting this, but I promise you that I'm going to spend the rest of the day figuring out a plan and I will circle back with you. And I promise that we are going to take care of this together because sometimes you don't know what the plan is, but yeah. sometimes you do, especially if you have documented someone through this and it has not been a thing that was unexpected and and you didn't see coming, right? Like it, where you have to fire somebody on the spot. And so for me, it's as simple as saying, they no longer work here. Here's the transition plan. So in this case, here's how we're going to handle, you know, Dr. Work not being on the schedule 
(laughs) after after today or after Friday or whatever it is. Um, You have to alleviate that anxiety for them. And then the other thing that you should do is say, if you have any questions or concerns about this issue, here is who you should talk to and make it very clear that they, you know, you don't, what you're saying by not saying anything about let's not gossip about this is look, if you have a, if you have questions or you have concerns, here's who you should talk to. And it should be yourself or your, your practice manager as the person who's in charge of, of HR, because what inevitably is going to happen is that they are going to talk and there, there is going to be mm-hmm. concerns and there are going to be people who want to know. And there are limitations to what you can and should tell them. And mm-hmm. at the same time, I should want to hear them out. If I have technicians on my team who liked working with this doctor and have concerns, I should want to, to in an effort, especially in an effort to minimize the collateral damage, to find out from them what are they actually concerned about. And mm-hmm. so the, the second follow-up, when you hear that they are talking or that there are questions or concerns about what happened or someone in the best case scenario comes and asks you directly, you can say, like, I hear that you have concerns about this, or I hear you've been asking questions about this piece of it, right? And then you need to tell them, look, I can't talk to you about the personal specifics, just like I wouldn't have a conversation with somebody else about your personal employment specifics. However, I want to understand what's worrying you or what's bothering you. What is that? What What are you concerned about? Because really, at the end of the day, do you want them to hear that you care about them. You're not going to share information and shut it down because you can't from an HR perspective. Right, right. And at the same time, if if Sarah is gossiping about the fact that Dr. Rourke is no longer on the schedule, I want to know what is Sarah actually worried about? Is she worried because she's going to miss Dr. Rourke as her friend? Is she mm-hmm. worried that she might be next because they were gossiping together and she thinks that this doctor got let go for gossip? In that case, I can totally hear what Sarah has to say, mm-hmm. and then figure out how do I address that in a one-on-one capacity with her versus this being a team discussion now when I've just let everybody know that Dr. Rourke is no longer yeah. on the team, right? I Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I, I think that that's a great way to set it up just to control the way that the things are communicated, right? Where, where you don't want to end up, and I've seen this many times, is the manager has been like, okay, guys, I can't tell you a whole lot. But Dr. Rourke is not with us anymore. And then all of a sudden somebody goes, why is Dr. Rourke not with us anymore? And it's like, if is it because Dr. Rourke was gossiping? And there's a lot of hands and there's lots of questions coming from other places. <laughs> and and then other people just talk to me. I'm, it, I'm sure it was because he was gossiping. Did you know that he gossips about what it, blah, blah, blah? And then they, they talk. And then all of a sudden there is a huge conversation with information going everywhere. Right. And it's a big mess. And like, just get out in front of it and say... Yes. I'm not able to talk about these things. If you have questions, this is the path to take. Uh, and and just, just try to guide them so that they engage in a productive way, as opposed to just giving them the news and saying, I can't talk about it. And yes. then letting them talk to each other, because I've seen that so many yeah. times. <laughs> 100%. And the last piece of that for me goes back to what you were saying about they're not dum-dums. And that is, no. if they're really are reasons for the termination that are evidenced in your, like if they violated part of your team code of conduct, if they violated a safety protocol, right? Or like whatever the reason is, if there is something that has a documented reason behind it that goes back to your policies or protocols, make sure that the team has follow-up on those things because they are not dum-dums and they will read between the lines and they will understand what now you're having a staff meeting later that week about your safety protocols 
out of the blue, they're going to understand that there may be some tie to that. You are doing your job. You're making sure that they're all aware of it and everybody's on the same page and you're not divulging any private information with the team. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that you can definitely control. And so that is, you know, that is the last um, kind of piece of it for me. Um, when it comes to how do we tell them is that you, you may not be able to give them specifics, but they are, they're not dumb. They can read between the lines and they will. And so you set up follow-up if there are things that, um, they should all be aware of, you know, because nobody, just because you let Dr. Work go for gossiping doesn't mean that you're going to let the technician who was gossiping with him go, but they should be aware that this is something that you have a zero tolerance policy about if that's the case or, you know, whatever. So I think taking the time to kind of have that follow up, whether you do it in a team meeting or department memos or whatever it looks like in your practice, give give them the information and they will be able to read between the lines. <laughs> yeah. My my last point on this, I just want to say, I say where, I, where I would wrap this up in this is remember when you let someone go, Everyone else is really thinking about themselves. Yes. Meaning, I don't, I, what do I need to know so that this doesn't happen to me or so that I don't end up in trouble or so that my job is not in jeopardy? And then also, now that this person is gone, how does that affect me? So if there's a doctor that is gone, what are we going to do with the patients? How yes. are we going to handle this schedule? What yeah. is that going to be like? And and that's just human nature of there's radical change. What does this mean for me? Yeah. And and so when you address the team, think in those regards of what does this mean for the people who are here hearing this message? What information do they need? What do they care about? Yeah. If you're the one who's making the decision, then my advice is to go ahead and have a plan for how you're going to handle changes so that you can communicate that at the time of how, how we're going to go forward. Because that the, the thing that makes this hard is uncertainty. So the more <laughs> certainty you can give. If this is a thing where someone, uh, someone quits and they leave, and this was not your plan, but yeah. here we are, always remember that step one of your plan can be to make a plan. Yes. And, yes. and honestly, I, so you say, guys, so here's what we're going to do. We are going to evaluate the situation. We're going to look at the things that we're going to need to tweak and change in order to handle this change. And we're going to make a plan to handle that. And then we will be communicating the plan as soon as we have it. And, and also and, ask them for help. Like, say, if there's things oh, you yeah. can think of that we need to make sure, like, scheduling things that you can think of or potential, like, landmines that you know of when it comes to the patient care or client care or whatever, please let let us know because we want to include that and but get them bought in and participating in the process. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, man, that's all I got. That I, I think this is, a, this is a hard problem. Uh, it's a very, very common problem. I hope it's been helpful. Yeah, me too. Take care, everybody. Have a fantastic week. See you, everybody. Well, everybody, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. Thanks so much for spending your time with us. We truly enjoy spending part of our week with you. As always, Andy and I enjoyed getting into this topic. Um, I have a tiny little favor to ask, actually two of them. One is if you can go to wherever you source your podcasts from and hit the review button and leave us a review. We love hearing your feedback and knowing what you think of the podcast. And number two, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you soon.